Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are The Batman. My name is Mike. And this is Matthew. And today we're going to be doing, uh, you know, the last couple of uh, weeks we've done episodes where we've given new sequels to movies that already had sequels in the Batman universe. But this time we're going to come up with a sequel that doesn't exist yet for a movie that doesn't have a sequel yet. We're going to come up with our ideas for a sequel for Matt Reeves' The Batman, which dropped this year and is probably my favorite batman movie ever uh, because i watch it about once a week um i i think we're gonna get into some interesting stuff with this one matt i think so and i and, and yes i i think i'm i as much as i've been trying to push away from it's my favorite it is definitely up there um i think dark knight has been my favorite for a while but then I think the rewatchability I've granted, I've watched it probably 40 times has kind of um, died a little, you know what I mean? Like the surprise of what makes that really exciting is gone. And the performance of Pattinson in the Batman is just so stellar. Yeah. It's, it's nothing again. The dark Knight has amazing rewatchability, but yes, after a certain amount of time, you do kind of want, like a new you can eat your favorite ice cream flavor you know once a week but sooner or later you do want something different so um i I think i think the batman gave that to us yeah for me for the longest time my favorite batman movie was mask of the phantasm um uh, and this one kind of gave me everything i loved about that and more but we're not here to talk about the batman we did that already on another episode (laughs) listen to it uh we're here to talk about our ideas for its sequel and uh, let's let's start with kind of the I think the most important thing. Let's talk about cast and crew here. Um, we'll start with you, Matt. Who who are are you keeping the same crew? Are you keeping the same cast? What are we? How are you handling the people with this episode? Or this, I'm a this big episode? I'm a big proponent of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, the only thing that's probably different for me is I won't. I'm not going to bring back Catwoman. Not in a she did a horrible job. But I'm also the guy who didn't want Magneto in every single X-Men movie. So I think I'll, I'll save her for the third. Okay. But beyond that, uh, director, writer, like there's nothing about this movie that makes me go, I wish this was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, everything. There's nothing in there that makes me go. No, it's not like, you know. You know, what's her name? Rachel Dawes, uh, Katie Holmes and Batman Begins. Or I'm like, man. Let's get rid of her. This one, yeah. cast, crew, everything is spot on. So uh, uh, I'm down for it. I'm not going to change anything as far as that's concerned. So who do you have as far as the cast goes? I know you said you're, you're, you're Nixon Catwoman. So who do you have cast on this thing? My new cast? My new cast? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to let's see? I have, because I, I went with Mr. Freeze, Nora Freeze, and a character called Wrath. Okay. Um, okay. So you so you went the Mr. Freeze route with this one. Correct. All right. So yeah. So who 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 do you got playing? Well, let's start with who do you got playing Wrath? Joe Taslim. Um, he was Sub Zero in that horrible Mortal Kombat movie. He's kind of like the kind of reoccurring bat in the Warrior Show. He was the sergeant in Raid Redemption. Um, he's just been in a ton of different martial arts movies. But I also think he's a really good actor. There's a couple movies. Um, oh man, the blinking on the name of the movie where he's the main character, um, and he just does an amazing job. The raid. 
No, no, no. He's not the main guy. He's the sergeant, the one who who gets killed in the fight with the oh, short, okay. long-haired guy. Yeah. But he he's been in a ton of other movies since then. I really like the guy. He just seems like a nice guy, and he's a phenomenal martial arts. And uh, not to be mean, but like he could also act, mm-hmm. <laughs> which with a lot of those martial arts dudes, they really can't do that. A lot of them can't act. They're great physical actors, but as far as like yeah. actual like verbal actors, they don't quite have it. Correct. And I think he just has an intensity for the wrath. Who are you familiar with? with Raph at all? Uh, vaguely, you know, I, I, uh, remember they did like a version of him in the Batman animated show. Um, but, uh, yeah, because they, they were the, like the buddies of Bruce, Bruce and, uh, Bruce and Dick. But, um, other than yeah. that, I've never read any of the comics with him. Yeah. He's just basically what Batman does for the cops. Wrath does for criminals. Gotcha. So he, he hunts, cops he helps criminals pull off their gigs you know the that kind of thing so he's the anti-batman for lack of a better way to phrase it gotcha and then so that's that's raf and you you, um where what do you think joe taslam is going to bring to this specifically that you would want to pick him for this role uh number one i mean we got to go physicality Mm -hmm. but number two like just a, a different kind of intensity like i think the the thing with Gotham, and I think a lot of times with most of his rogues gallery, it's just other people from Gotham. So to have my main villain bring in somebody or this guy, I kind of wanted to do, because the way the whole thing with the wrath is that he's always helping criminals. I almost had the idea of like, he's maybe from a different country or a different a different city and hears about the Batman. And the more he keeps hearing about it, the more he's like, no, I got to go face this guy. I, I, I want to be challenged. I need to go see what this guy's all about. And as he arrives, it just so happens to be that Mr. Freeze is doing his thing. So he teams up with Mr. Freeze to go after the Batman. Mm-hmm. So that it's 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 not a henchman per se, maybe a team up or even just I'm going to put the Batman through his his paces because I want to see what this guy's made of. That's fair. No, that's that's totally fair. Um now you said you've also got Mr. Freeze and Nora Freeze. I'm kind of I'm kind of building to the big one. Um Nora Freeze, who do you have for this one? Nora Freeze, I cast Eva Longoria. Um I think okay. she's she's a good actress, but she's also age appropriate to go with my Mr. Freeze, but I also like some of the tragedy and it's kind of weird to say it this way without just saying she's hot, but some of the tragedy when you have a figure like that where she's not going to have a lot of airtime, she's not going to be in the scenes more you have to physically fall for her. So you understand why Mr. Freeze is willing to move frozen hell and earth to fix her. You know what I mean? So we're going to, we're going to actually spend some time with them and their relationship a little bit. Yes. Okay. And it, go, it goes into my story that I've, I've got for this, but that, so just somebody who I think she has enough of a, she's a big enough star that you're like, Oh, they wouldn't do that to her. And we do. <laughs> So, and, you know, being beautiful and she's very talented. She was recently on Justin Long's podcast and just like seemed like the coolest chick to hang out with. So like being cool offset, being beautiful, being a talented actress, all of it together. Let's have her in the movie. Yeah, she does. She does come across as someone who just isn't afraid to just do something to have fun. 
Um, she's she's popped up in small roles and in different movies here and there um, where it was clearly she was just there to to do a couple of scenes and and have a good time. And so it's, it's good that she doesn't take herself too seriously. But also when you consider what these kinds of mo- this kind of movie is, uh, the Batman, that is, and what the sequel could potentially be, you do want someone who's got that that clout, that acting ability or that versatility. Exactly. Exactly. So then I guess that leads us to the big dog. Who do you have taken on the role of Mr. Freeze in this thing? Oh, I'm bringing this dude back because he deserves it. It's Johnny Depp. Really? Yes. All right. Uh, convince me. Uh, when he's dialed in, when you're looking at like something like, um, you know, Donnie Brasco looking at now, I'm not saying he needs to be funny. Like he was in the pirates movies, but just looking at something like that of he committed to a thing and stuck with it. Now, sometimes it goes horribly wrong, like Mordecai, but yep. there's other times like there's this one movie I saw that it's not a great movie, but his performance in it was just so off putting that I could see that working as Mr. Freeze. And it was called the astronaut's wife. Okay. And he goes, he's an astronaut and he returns. And throughout the movie, you eventually find out that it's not him. He's an alien. But just this weird off-putting performance that he gives in that movie, I just thought was really cool. And like, there's just, he's not afraid to do, take big swings. And depending on what they're going to do with Mr. Freeze's look, I think he would be totally comfortable and cool and be able to act through whatever they do with the character as far as the look is concerned. Okay. All right. Now, so let's go, let's talk a little bit about, well, before actually, before we go into our plots, let's get both of our casts and all that. I was out gonna say you got to go now. What, um, what is what are your characters you're bringing in? Are you are you keeping everybody the same, or are you swapping anybody out? Um, like you, I I'm I'm dialing back. I'm I, I'm not removing Catwoman altogether, but I am dialing her back a little bit. I do want to save her for kind of a big comeback and in the, in, a, in, a, in the idea for a third one. Um, but but so but th- that what I'm gonna do then is I'm gonna fill it with just kind of more growth in the development of Batman and Gotham. So um, the characters I want to introduce in this one specifically are um, just really two main ones, which is uh, Harvey Dent and (laughs) Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. The moment you said your other characters, like he's going to bring Harvey Dent. (laughs) Yeah. And, and if you fall, if you have spent any amount of time following me on Twitter, you know who I want for Harvey Dent. I have been, screaming it for years now um do you know who that is matt i don't i, I feel stupid now i ahead. want michael shannon for harvey dent you did you i think you have mentioned that before i i i want him so bad for harvey dent i'm not against it like i've seen him do things that like yeah you know bad boys too but then you know the shape of water is that what that movie's called yeah Here's here's the main reason I want him for for Harvey Dent. It's because I really want him for Two Face. Yes. Now I'm not going to have him be Two Face in this movie. I'm going to have him just be Harvey Dent. Um, but I think that while I think he would do really good at Harvey Dent, I think he would be phenomenal as Two Face. And the the example I always give is a little while back, Funny or Die did a video on YouTube. There was this news story going around where this uh, president of a sorority at a college had sent this 
violently aggressive email to all the members of the sorority, ripping them a new one for what she perceived as embarrassing behavior. And it went viral. It was all over the news. So funny or die had Michael Shannon come sit on like a couch with a glass of scotch and do a dramatic reading of this email. Yes. I think I watch him flip back and forth between, you know, teasingly calm and violently psychotic. I just remember thinking like he could be two face. Um, And the more I've thought about it over the years, I've been thinking about this for a long time. The more I'm like, he would crush as two face. And if you've seen him in movies like revolutionary road, where he's, Still kind of quirky, but more on the calm side, more just kind of like seems like just a little bit. He's a little bit off, but ultimately harmless, which is what I think you need from Two-Face to get that juxtaposition in there. I think he would do really well as Harvey Dent with that. Um, I love Michael Shannon as an actor, and I want so bad for him to I, I think he would just absolutely nail this role. Yeah, he's one of those guys like, uh, I mean, don't at me too hard, but. I think he was moderately miscast as Zod, but his performance took me over the edge and I was okay with it. You know what I mean? I thought he was great as Zod, but I thought he was so good. No, I think, I think he sold me, but when they first said he was Zod, I was like that dude. Oh yeah. You know? No. When you first hear Michael Shannon is playing general Zod, you're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it sounds crazy, but he was on lip sync battle. Oh, I remember. And he did the whole, I can't remember what the name of that song is. That's he, I bet that the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. And <laughs> he's just like nailing. He knows the song and something about that just cracked me up. But I was like, all right, this guy's cool. Yeah. Like, sure. Let, let's put him anywhere. I'm he's, never going to say no. <laughs> he seems like he, he seems like he just likes to have fun. And I love that. Yeah. Which is so weird because he does have like that perfect villain face. Oh yeah. Nobody plays a villain. Like nobody plays crazy. Like Michael Shannon. Nobody it's, it's, it's almost when you see him in that small role in, in, in a groundhog's day, you're just like, really? Same guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, no, I think that that's fantastic, dude. I would love to see that. All right. But who's your Mad Hatter? That's what I want to know. My Mad Hatter is another one that I have talked about on Twitter and I'm sticking by this. Um, we, we got to see a little bit of him playing a villain in a, in a movie last year, but I don't think we got enough of it. I don't think we got what I, everyone was expecting. He's a phenomenal actor, and I think he can play that kind of uh, creepy tech, uh, just just weirdo really well. And that, my friends, is Rami Malek. Yes, that that makes sense. I'm I'm there. I'm there. Between between just just think, Mister Robot. Yeah, like like Rami Malek and Mister Robot. And a little bit of him in in No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. I, I didn't love how they used his character in the movie, but I loved the character itself. Like the character was really interesting. I just didn't like the way they used him in the movie, even though I do love that movie. Um, and I think if you find some combination of those two, like that weird uh, romantic obsessiveness that his character has in No Time to Die. Like, you know, I like, like, I want you, nobody else can have you, even if it means I have to kill you. So nobody else can have you kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, considering that it's a mind control tech genius thing, like, yeah, like that's, that's Jervis touch up and down. Um, and I, I, cause there's a picture I found when I tweeted about this of him, just, just big 
bug eyed and and clearly like in the midst of a psychotic break. And I'm like, this this just screams the Mad Hatter. And you could totally see him in this like modern day setting of like not necessarily dressing like a Mad Hatter, but like having this Alice in Wonderland obsession and, uh, you know, having this kind of uh, Internet troll because we, we saw some elements of that with with the Riddler. And yeah, setting up a lot of these villains in modern day, that's the route they're going to take. So why not continue that theme a little bit? And, you know, he's a guy who took inspiration of some kind from the Riddler and the way he approached things and is taking it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the, the, the trendy thing is to hate. Um, what's it called? Uh, the queen. Is it called Bohemian Rhapsody? What was that movie called? Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I think it, like for a while that the trend was like to hate on that film and his performance. Why. And the I'm movie like, is, the movie's amazing. He is a good movie and he's amazing in it. You know, especially because I had seen Mr. Robot. So when I heard he was cast, I was like, how is he going to do that? Like, Freddie Mercury was insanely entertaining. Yeah. And flamboyant as all get out for reasons. <laughs> he, 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 Remy Malik. it was one of those when I heard he had been cast, I was just like, really? Really? Yeah. And then I saw the first picture and I was just like, oh, okay. No, we're fine. We're going to be okay. We're going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> we're going to be fine. Um, so yeah, so those are the two characters I'm intro- I'm looking to introduce is 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 Harvey Dent and and Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter, obviously as the main villain. Like I said, uh, Two Face is not making an appearance in this movie uh, per se, but that's how I want to kind of push this thing. Um, so let's go into how we want to take on the story of the idea of a sequel to the Batman, um, and we'll, we'll go to you first, Matt. So how are you approaching the story for this one? Okay, so this is this is my weird roundabout story that I have kind of like the broad brushstrokes of. And it's, it's simply this. Um, there's a virus that hits Gotham. And Freeze is kind of one of these scientists who's trying to figure out how to get rid of this virus. And his wife gets it very, very bad. And part of the issue is because of this virus, everybody starts having to wear masks so now crime is rampant and difficult for Batman to fight because now you can't identify anybody, even with his little eye tech. So you're now pulling him back as far as tech availability of technology. And then Mr. Freeze jumps the gun on this antidote because he's trying to make sure his wife doesn't die. And she ends up, of course, in complications from this antidote, just having to be put in suspended animation or actually just dying. But because he injects both of them, he somehow survives, but it does the Mr. Freeze to him. And now it's about him trying to figure out a way to fix this disease, but blaming Batman for kind of getting in the way of his cure, because Batman of course is going to be like, we need to wait. We shouldn't do this. And that is where wrath comes in, where Mr. Freeze just kind of as wrath comes into town and they discuss Batman. It's like, look, you got to keep him off my back so I can actually cure this thing. Hmm. And while that's all going on, of course, you know, Gotham is slowly descending into civil war anarchy 
because of those who are like, no, look what happened when he tried this antidote. We, why would we try this antidote or why would we do this? You know, and I know it's pseudo topical with the whole masking thing and, and COVID, but I just think it would be interesting to play on who's right and who's wrong. There is no right and no wrong, but also delving into, you know, how easily we're pitted against each other when we should be working together to try and be better as a a city, as Gotham or a nation or whatever. And having Batman having to figure that out of like, you know, I have to figure out how to way to, to, to curb crime, but I also have to figure out like, do I help this freeze guy, even though he failed horribly um, what do I do about this wrath guy? You know, do we pull in other, you know, scientists that he helps or he tries to bring in? Um, cause I know that they kind of pulled back, like he's more detective, not quite the chemist that he has been in the past as far as the character of Batman. Right. But I, I just think it would be an interesting thing. And I, and I'm personally, it just kind of cracks me up that, like we had this big thing happen. And so far I've seen two films address it. Right. And I feel like, like how are we not playing in this sandbox and, and commentating on the entire, wh- whichever way you lie on it. I just feel like it's odd that like besides the bubble on Netflix, I can't name another movie that plays anything about this. And even then it's played for comedy. So that's where I, I just think it would be interesting to kind of put that in the forefront of a Batman movie and and fi- have him figuring out again, you know, part of what he figured out in the first movie is I've got to inspire people. I can't just be vengeance. But then how do you get the next step of I have to inspire people even when they're going at each other? So that that's kind of my broad strokes idea for what a sequel to this movie could be. I don't, I, I, I definitely don't hate it because yeah, there's you, there is that real world commentary aspect of it, especially when you take into account the events of how the first movie ends with the flooding and the destruction and all that. Like it's very easy to come up with a situation where there's like some waterborne virus or something, or because everything's nothing's working and wrecked like healthcare is bad and, and yeah like obviously gotham would be a prime place for some kind of biological disaster like that because they're i mean everything everything's just completely jacked so it, it really i think works in um would you set this like immediately after the first one or would you kind of do it in real time uh i mean i think i would do the the, the kind of play with it it's not exactly right after I would definitely have, you know, I think you, you kind of hit on the whole thing about the flooding and maybe the flooding and like the mold is what causes this disease somehow. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, you're not going to have that amount of flooding and there isn't some kind of down the road damage, you know, oh, um, yeah. you know, maybe even play into like, <laughs> this is getting really personal, but I remember that I lived in this one house and they had, it had, part of it had flooded and it started molding and they're like, Oh no, we're going to fix it. And then like, I came home and they just painted over the mold. And oh, I was like, that, that's not fixing anything. You just covered it. So to maybe have something like that, where there are parts of Gotham, they just covered it up with paint or whatever. And then 
that's where this whole disease comes from. I think that would be interesting. To, so it would have to be like a at least a year has passed for yeah. that kind of stuff to be coming to play and for them to kind of be completely out of, you know, um, Louisiana looking Gotham. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take at least a year to like build that back up in some way. That's not a quick fix. That's seven huge chunks of the seawall destroyed with water flowing in. You've got a, yeah, that I can't even, that's at least a year of, of repairs, but um, yeah, no, like you're right about the flooding thing. Um, I used to live in, in Columbia, South Carolina. And, and the year I moved away, that area got hit with like a massive, like tornado or something. And it flooded the city real bad. Um, and there were businesses that, shut down and never opened again just because what it did there were like bars and restaurants because like what it did to the water lines and like the water supply it was all so just wrecked they were like we can't we can't open for business um and they yeah. never opened again so yeah the kind of flooding we saw in the batman would absolutely have kind of you know life altering consequences because of what what can result from just water damage and and you know the things that survive in water and the damage that water can cause yeah definitely definitely all right what about you what is your your plot what is um, your mine mine's a little bit different so with with mine i'm gonna do mine in real time so assuming this movie comes out two years later um you know and that's that's being generous i know because matt reeves has already said like it's gonna be a bit um I mean, the first one took like two, three years to make. So, so let's just say it's two years later. We'll call it two years later. Um, and like, yeah, like the seawall is patched, but not done. There's still construction going on. They're still clean, cleaning up the city a bit. Like Gotham is still very much kind of, kind of wrecked a little bit. If, if you've played Arkham Knight, you know that there's a part of Gotham city you can go to where there's like, there's the upper city and there's the lower city and the lower city is all boarded up old businesses that haven't been open for years because they just, it was just easier to just build up higher above it because it was all falling into such disrepair. So you can almost see elements of that coming in because we, because we also see that uh, you see it in Futurama for one. Um, but also in, in Batman beyond, we see that where, neo gotham is kind of just the new city built on top of the old city for the most part so it creates a way to build build into that mythos a little bit um i with this one i what i really want to see is um there's this sort of um you know penguin is working on filling in this power vacuum that was created with um falcone being taken out um, cause we see, we see, we see the seedlings of that being planted at the end of the movie when he's yeah. looking out over the city. Um, so he's, he, at this point is just kind of just running crime at this point as best he can, but Cobblepot's also kind of an idiot. So it's a little bit more for him than he, than he can, uh, than he can muster. And so, you know, we, we see like some different gangs starting to form, maybe some early seedlings of other characters, you know, who's to say right now. And it's mostly just Batman really trying to continues he's still working on that uh public image thing it's been a couple of years it's better people still aren't sure how to feel about him but because we saw um uh district attorney colson get killed in the batman obviously that creates an opening for a new district attorney which is harvey dent 
who we play it kind of similar to what we see in in the dark night where they're playing it out like oh well you know yeah we're still he's still a criminal he's a vigilante we're after him but really they're working they're working together behind the scenes so we we can establish early on that like the two of them have already formed kind of a i don't want to call it a bond but a a civil working relationship um it's not as it's not as clean cut as batman and gordon is you know i'm sure batman and gordon still meet and talk about dent um but they're keeping an eye on him but it's a lot of dent really trying to get in almost get into that inner circle and can't quite get through which can probably which i think would work really well to building up some of his own frustrations that could you know lead to this dual personality um because it's a lot of dent trying to say like, well, you know, why won't you guys trust me? Why won't you let me in? Why won't you let me be a part of this? And they just kind of keep him at arm's length. Um, and how I want to get the mad hatter involved is again, it's, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of identity theft. It's a lot of um, blackmail with what he's able to do. Cause I know the whole thing is that he has mind control and I haven't quite figured you know, And obviously that's for, that's for cleverer people than me to come up with like how their <laughs> mind control is going to work. I, I don't know how mind control works, but a lot of it can also be just the idea of like, let not so much mind control as it is like, like psychological brainwashing. Like he finds people who are just kind of at the lowest of the, of the low and again, using identity theft and blackmail and is able to kind of just like psychologically torture these people into being like his brainwashed, almost like, um, what is it? They uh, like Stockholm syndrome almost. Well, and you know what it makes me think about is, um, oh my gosh, it's a stupid show, but my son loves it. It's called uh, magic for humans. Sure. And no clue. <laughs> yeah, it's just this magician who does these things, but there's this thing he'll do every so often where he gets three people and puts him in this like museum with all these different things you can take pictures of, like one of those weird you know, things. And he gives them this speech. And in this speech are the things he's saying. He kind of like puts in their minds the photo they should post. So then without saying anything, he just says, go through here, take pictures, and then post or do whatever. And because of the way he says it and does a speech, at the end, they all post the exact same photograph. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I say that of like, if you get that with Matt Hatter and technology, then you, you know, almost like subliminally suggest we should do this. And then suddenly you've got this, this weird, like, not so much, um, what's it called? Not so much you're controlling their brain, but you're influencing them to do the things you want them to do. Yeah, it's 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 heavy influencing, which I, th- I think, again, as even though we're dealing with with Batman here, it's still somewhat grounded in reality the way that the first Batman was where it's, it's less like direct mind control. Because like when he's first in, when we first meet him in the Batman animated series from the 90s it's something as simple as he pulls out a playing card with a microchip and like sticks it behind a guy's ear and tells him to go jump off a bridge. And he does. It's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go that outland that that's a little outlandish even for what we're talking about here. Yeah. But, but, but something as simple as again, like heavy, heavy blackmail and psychological torture and identity theft um, still plays into that idea of like, like, yeah, again, he took this some, some inspiration from the events with the Riddler seeing what he was able to do with, with this online following 
one up it and just take it to another step. You know, like what if the Riddler had these kinds of skills that Derv- Jervis Tetch has? Um, and I think that creates an interesting uh, a villain for Batman because and it, it helps with that relationship that that he has with Harvey Dent because it really becomes this matter of like, how do we handle a villain like this where people are doing things kind of against their will but how do we find this guy when at the end of the day like like again it's it's kind of like the realistic we don't know who he is and how do you find a guy like this who almost seems to only exist in 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 the digital world yeah and so and i think and again i think what would be cool about this is because again i know that we're trying to avoid having the joker be a main villain and i'm fine with that but kind of like with that deleted scene we had from the Batman, you can do another scene like that. You can continue to acknowledge he can go back to Arkham and this time go talk to the Riddler and be like, hey, how did you do some of this stuff in the online? Because someone else is doing it now. And it just continues to build that idea of this commonality these criminals have. It gives him an excuse to go back and then he can be like, you know, Oh, well, I've at least got friends in here and you know, we we get allusions to again, yeah, the Joker is still out there, but we're not committing to anything with him as the main villain. See, I, I would even almost take it a step farther to really make people mad and make Joker the cold opening. <laughs> I don't know yet. I don't know, but again, I'm I'm just I'm trying to go broad strokes yes, with this. I, I mean, yeah, there's 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 a lot you can do. Like, yes. like I said, like I said, we're, we're, we're starting off, you know, two more years in. So you could easily have him taking down, you know, the Joker again or taking down like some other kind of B C list villain, um, you know, from the Batman Rose gallery. I mean, shit, have him take down condiment King for all I care. Yeah. Um, no, don't do condiment King, do condiment King. No, but you could, you could do, you could do like, um, Oh, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm rewatching. I'm rewatching uh, what you call it, uh, a Harley Quinn right now. So I'm trying to think of some of the people who are in there. But yeah, just have him take down like a, a B or C list Batman villain of some kind. Have him take down the Clock King. Yeah, you know or, who's actually. I, I, I think yeah, <laughs> Kite Man or the Clock King. I, I actually think Clock King is a really interesting villain if done correctly, which I think the animated series did did very well with him. As did um, Arrow and Flash. I thought they did Clock King very well. So yeah, you could yeah have him take down something like the Claw King or or um, you know something even something ridiculous. Have him take like I said, have him take down Kite Man or Condiment King or or uh, Maxi Zeus or something like that. Like there you go. So so other other mobsters are trying to come in and fill in some of this power void along with uh, along with Penguin. Have, have have him take down some shit with Maxi Zeus or you know what the Royal Flush Gang. There, boom. There you go. There you we go. We did it. Royal Flush Gang. That's perfect. I like it. Um, so yeah, that's, I think, I think, and again, it, having Harvey Dent there is great because we get to just spend some time with that relationship and then really justify him as two faces as a villain in the third movie. Yeah. Yeah. See, I have a, I have a crazy idea for bringing Catwoman back in the third movie. Yeah. In that, like, you know, well, let's save that for another day. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, I, 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 do, I do have one more, and I totally forgot to write it down, and that's why I didn't mention it yet. But there's one that I kind of want to introduce again to come back for a big one in, in the third movie, which is Hugo Strange. Yeah. And so because part of what I want to see is some of this 
stuff with Riddler and Joker in Arkham and seeing how things are going there and then have them be like in like a group therapy session or something with Professor Strange leading it. And I want Hugo Strange to be played by Peter Dinklage. I think that's perfect. I like that a lot. So there you go, Matt Reeves. We we just gave you two gold star pitches for the Batman. We'll, we expect our contracts and checks uh, yes. in the mail very soon. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, last question. I don't know if you have an idea yet, but uh, do you have a title for this one? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> Batman Sub-Zero. No. <laughs> <laughs> we already had that and it wasn't bad <laughs> uh, no it's always kind of weird because i'm i have no problem with the batman 2 the batman really? 3 the batman 4 like i i don't get into getting into those different titles in a way like as much as you know the mcu seems to not really do that besides iron man and guards of the galaxy like that that's where i, I just like i don't know like uh, you know, maybe, maybe give this like a, you know, <clears throat> frozen over or something, something. I don't know mm-hmm. um, how I would do that. Um, I, I don't have one either. I was just, I was just asking. It's, it's a tough one. Like I, I personally don't love the whole, just slapping a number on it and calling it a day. I'm like, hey, be a little more creative than that. But again, I, I don't know. It's, it's because I do kind I like the Batman and I'm like, is there a way that we can keep that and just add like a word or two to it or something like, you know, uh, uh, beware the Batman. No, wait, nope. That's bad. Um, but if you did like something like the Batman, you know, um, curse of tech or, you know, some, something that kind of gives a plot device, but not, is it like the revenge of the Mad Hatter or yeah. something like that, you know, or the Batman, you know, wrath. And you're just like, okay, wrath. What does wrath mean? Does it mean the name of the dude? Because you know, even in that first movie, mm. they didn't really call him the Batman. Like Riddler addressed him as the Batman, yeah, but no one ever calls him that. So who knows if Joe Taslam's character is actually called Wrath by anybody at all? Yeah. You know, so that would be something, or you know, Frozen Hell or something. You know, I have no idea. Yeah. But I think you could, st- I would do that. If you're going to do anything, do kind of like what they did with Captain America, you know, the Batman shadow of fear, the Batman, you know, yeah, <clears throat> a, a, a night, a night, a frozen night, you know, whatever, like you, you do anything with those titles and have fun with them. Yep. But we're not, we're not paid Hollywood writers, so we're not going to give you a title. You guys got to come up with that on your own. We're just going to give you the plot. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, let us know what you guys think. Or do you have something else in mind? Do you like what we're pitching to you? Um, I've been pitching my cat, my villain castings for several years now, and I stand by them and I will die on that sword. Uh, but you can let us know what you think by uh, hitting us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Mr. Mike Shea. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja. And with that being said, we'll see you guys back here again next time with another episode. Same bat time, same bat podcast channel. See you next time, guys. Bye.